Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today, we will delve into a case that needs your immediate attention. Who is Jane East Point Doe? My name is Sophia Talley, and this is True Crime In It. In 2021, Minnesota became the first U.S. state to assign a task force for missing and murdered African-American women. According to the National Crime Information Center, 90,333 black women and girls went missing in 2020. Also in 2020, at least four black women and girls were murdered per day. And the FBI suspects that this large number can be an undercount. What I'm trying to say here is that Minnesota is not the only state that needs a task force. This is a nationwide issue that is in critical need of our attention and our tax dollars. Today, I am focusing on the East Point Georgia Jane Doe, but her case is similar to tens of thousands across the country. In the early hours of February 12, 2022, a 911 call was made in East Point Georgia. Georgia, where a girl's body was found unresponsive outside of an abandoned home. When authorities made it to the scene, they found that the teenage girl was deceased and had been for about 24 hours. An autopsy revealed that the cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head. And though it sounds like homicide, police have yet to publicly reveal whether this is a case of foul play. This is most likely because it is a recent and still open investigation. And even if they do believe it to be a homicide announcing so can deter witnesses from coming forward. Unfortunately, no one has identified the teen, despite the fact that someone out there has to know who she is. Police speculate that she was around 13 to 17 years old, so very young, and she was African-American and wore her hair in a natural Afro style that was freshly dyed. The police call it blonde, but to me, in the illustrations, it's more of an auburn reddish blonde color, so it's not completely blonde. She wore a necklace with the year 05 written in gold colored metal with a white stone inlay. Some speculate that she could have been born in 2005, but also it is not uncommon for teens to wear their boyfriend's or girlfriend's birth year as a sign of their commitment. She also wore an orange tank crop top with white details and a DIY style green beaded bracelet with the letters W-I-X-K-E-D. 
on them. Reddit sleuths actually tracked down a crop top that she was wearing and found that it's part of a top and skirt set by fast fashion brand May Pink. It's speculated that this could have been a sexually charged case because police did not specify what type of bottom she was wearing. And so it is speculated that she wasn't wearing any, possibly because they were removed before the discovery of her body. If she was wearing some type of bottom, it would be specified in her case files because any little information like that that can help find her identity will be released. Locals also speculate that she was affiliated with the Georgia gang Wicked. And this gang uses the same shade of green found in the bracelet that the Jane East Point Doe was wearing. So I just want to stop here and say some news outlets are calling her the Jane East Point Doe. Some are calling her the Georgia Doe. The reason why I call her either the East Point Doe or the Jane East Point Georgia Doe, because there's already a case, a well-known case called the Georgia Doe, and it's a much older case. And when I was trying to find more information, Georgia Doe was not the correct search term. It just did not pull up anything from this case. So when if you decided to research on this case, try to use East Point Georgia Doe or East Point Jane Doe uh, or Jane East Point Doe. Just put East Point in there along with the Jane Doe and then her case will pop up. It's a little bit frustrating that we didn't just decide on one name. Makes it harder to find her identity. But I digress. And now it's time to hear from our sponsors. What's more important than a peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you the peace of mind while you are online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, the most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection connection either. And plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe that's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So as a mom, literally my only time 
to myself, my only me time, is when I get into the shower. And today's sponsor, Way, is helping me up my shower game with their Melrose Place Body Cleanser. This cleanser balances out and nourishes your skin. And it just has this really luxurious lather that just turns my shower experience into the spa day that I crave every single day. Experience the new Melrose Place Body Creme and Body Cleanser. Your body your way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and use code believe B-L-E-A-V to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com code believe. And let's get back to our story. But the Jane Eastpoint Georgia Doe also had some distinguishing features. Her face was heavily freckled and she had a possible birthmark or discoloration on the right side of her jaw. Because of the trauma sustained in death, we only have illustrations of what she most likely looked like before her injuries. And so that just adds to uh, the difficulty of finding her identity. Photographs are just always going to be better. Unfortunately, Jane Eastpoint Doe fits the description of many missing girls. And the fact that we do not have an actual postmortem photo just makes it harder to identify her. If you wish to help to identify her, you can by joining the efforts made on Reddit's Grateful Doe group, which is a subreddit that after helping to identify the Grateful Doe, who was an unidentified young man who died in a car accident, the group has moved on to helping to identify hundreds of other cases. They do this by matching missing persons reports on Name Us in hopes that they be able to match the name to the body. And this is exactly what they are doing in the Jane East Point Georgia Doe case. I will link the Reddit thread in the show notes because this is a case of matching her description to a missing persons report. And more than likely, she is already in the system because most of these teen cases are a result of runaways who are running away from documented abuse and or from the foster care system. So it is likely that her family has a missing report out for her, but because of her race and or her class, it's just not getting the immediate attention that Her story does not get the immediate attention that it needs, and therefore it is taking too long to match her name to her body. So if you wish to help with the search, it's all computer work. Check out the Grateful Dose subreddit. I will put the link in my show notes because it's super duper important, and all you have to do is just sift through Name Us case files, which is available to the public, and try to see if you can match it to our Jane Doe. I wanted to share this shorter case. I feel like I've been doing a lot of shorter ones, but I really wanted to share this one because even though it's not a super long case, it is very important that we name this child. And we have all the resources at our fingertips to to name her. And 
there's just no excuse. Absolutely none. We have all this technology on our side. She most likely was in this system or, or in a system of some sort. You know, like she is most likely being looked for as we speak. But it's specifically when these are cases of young black girls, black teenagers and black women. It just takes longer, if at all, to identify these missing persons. And so that's why I'm focusing more and more on these cases, but they just tend to be shorter. So as opposed to my cases where I focus on serial killers. So that's why this one's also been kind of shorter because man, I just want more attention to be put on these missing persons because literally anyone can crack this case. Any one of you guys, if you have the ability to listen to this, then you essentially have all the tech that you need to search for her. And not a lot of people know that, you know, like no one really talks about how much the public is able to do from the safety of their home and how specifically in these missing persons cases, how police want you to help find this person because they just need all hands on deck at this point. And so if you have a missing persons case that you would love me to cover, please let me know. I have a contact form on my website where you can suggest upcoming episodes. My name is Sophia Talley and this is True Crime and Knit. For more information, including show notes, please visit www.thedrugknitter.com slash true crime. And now it's time for our knitter mission. So today is a shorter episode. I swear I'm going to go back to longer episodes. I just keep getting sick. I don't know why I keep getting sick, possibly because I have a two-year-old, but I keep getting these really bad colds and fevers. It's not COVID. It's just annoying. So yay for that. So yep, that's fun. So I keep getting sick and usually what I do do like when I do my podcast is in the middle of the season, I have a mid season finale where I'll do a big case and then take off for two weeks and then come back to it. Well, this season, I didn't do that because of my schedule taught a lot with Vogue. My book was released this week. Yay. And I'm also going to Vogue Knitting Live Seattle in April, April 8th. See me there. Okay. So I did not schedule my two weeks off in the middle. And as a result, I think I had caught myself a cold. So I'm trying and literally this is the second time I've recorded this episode because I am trying desperately not to sniffle into the mic during critical moments because nobody wants to hear that. Yuck. But you know what? It's okay. I will live. It is a cold. It's not the end of the world. I just hope I don't sound awful to you guys. And next week, of course, I'm going to have a more in-depth case. So I have been diligently diligently knitting this sock for since yeah, since last night. It is a sock from my book called Knit Two Socks in One. 
And you may notice if you are watching the video of me knitting and telling you this case, I had to keep stopping and staring at my knits. I have been struggling, literally struggling knitting this sock, not because the sock is hard, but because I, for some unknown reason, did my nails yesterday. I put on some stiletto press-on nails, which are like these really, really pointy, long nails. They're in the color way bougie, and they're very, very cute, and they are by Dashing Diva and you literally just stick them on. And I stuck them on because yesterday my husband and I had a date night because my in-laws took my son uh, for the night. So we just had a date night, went out for pizza and drinks. So I thought I'd look cute with a fresh nail set. And it's been the bane of my existence. And now I just cannot wait to take them off. I don't know why. I used to wear my nails long all the time. And now I'm at the point where I just want to rip them off. (laughs) I'm done. I can't do it. I am done with these nails. And it doesn't help that I am working a fingering weight yarn uh, that I got courtesy from Weird Sisters who made these beautiful kits for my book. And it's gorgeous. Like It's all super gorgeous. And I love working fingering weight socks, even though they take more time. They're just more versatile, like you can wear them in shoes and, and things like that. But between these little DP ads and this little yarn and then these big monster witch-like fingernails, it has been a struggle. And I, as soon as I'm done um, recording this part of the podcast, I'm ripping them off because <laughs> they, they just peel and stick. So I could just pull them right off. And I'm looking forward to doing that. But yeah, I am knitting. Let me see what this one is called. I am knitting from my book and I am knitting the A Walk in the woods and it uses a two color broken seed stitch motif around the ankle and around the top of the leg and it just creates this really nice subtle striping effect using just knit and purl stitches all very beginner friendly and so that's just what I'm doing um, what I'm knitting this is what it looks like so far the first it looks like a stripe right now, but once I continue knitting, you'll really see the knits and pearl bumps creating more of a, I don't know, just like a blended stripe effect. It won't be like strictly blue, purple, blue. So I'm super excited to watch that unfold. It's always fun when you are working color work or texture, or in this case, both. It's always fun to see the piece unfold because the first few rows that you do, you know, it won't really look like much. And then you get like a few more rows and a few more rows and you really start to see the magic unfold. So that's really cool. And I cannot wait to put a picture of this up on Instagram. I would love to uh, thank you guys also for all of your support on my book. Um, It just means so much to me. I've worked so hard on this book for years now, two years now, because when I first started writing up the proposal for this book, my son was still breastfeeding. And now my son's over two. So it's been a few years going and I... I'm super happy and I just feel extremely lucky 
that <laughs> it all worked out during a pandemic. And I really hope you guys enjoy the book. I definitely do. I even bought it with me to the local bar during our date night yesterday because I wanted to knit straight from my book because I mean, how cool is that? You know, to knit straight from a book that you wrote and edited and, you know, like worked on forever. And so I just that last night and it was amazing. I can't wait to show you what this sock will look like in a few rows. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you never heard of two socks and, and one, if this is your first time listening to me, it's essentially my uh, knitting method where a sock knitting method where I knit one long tube and using lifelines, you cut the tube in half and you get two finished socks. It is amazing. It is so quick and so easy. It is beginner friendly. I'm struggling with it because I have these super long, long like witch nails on right now. So if you just have regular nails and you didn't put on sticky stick on witch nails, you would have a much easier time working these socks. But I dig it. I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite or no, it is my favorite way to knit socks and my favorite thing to knit because it is just not demanding. You know, I don't have to count stitches. You know, I'm looking down reading this super easy pattern that I made, but I'm not doing anything crazy. So I'm pretty happy about that, about how simple it is. But look at that. Look at that color. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, I can't wait to show you that pop of color right then and there. I'm like too excited. But another thing about the book also is that it is completely beginner friendly. So if you never knitted socks before, if you never even thought that you can do it, guess what? You can do it. Because when I came up with the method, I my goal was to cater to you, to cater to those who to knit simple, easy designs and easy projects. And maybe you were tired of hats and scarves and mittens. And so I made this method where it uses all beginner friendly techniques. I put together a bunch of tried and true techniques and stacked them all together and edited them and put a cute little bow on them. So that way it'll just be a super easy method for you to knit a pair of socks. Even if you've never knit, knitted anything more than a hat or a scarf before, you can pick up this book and give it a try. And so that was my goal to make sock knitting more accessible. And I think I did it. I really do. I think I did it. <laughs> it took years. I believe I did my first prototype in 2018. I did a post about it on Instagram this week. And then from there, I just tweaked and tweaked and tweaked this method. And now it's 2022. And in my opinion, it is perfect. So please check that out. That has been the Knitter Mission. And I hope to see y'all next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.